This is your favorite broadcast. When we still died of old age. Hashtag WWSDOOA. During this series, When We Still Died of Old Age, we're going to tackle, just like in the first episode with Aubrey de Grey, topics and subjects that greatly influence all of our individual quality of life. This episode is going to be about wealth redistribution. A decade ago, the United Nations already urged us that the 1% richest of the world are only getting richer and the rest of us not. To help this, to solve this, we need to take into account that society where everyone is totally rich and super happy will lead to maybe an overpopulation or a decline in skillful people that actually know what they're doing. There is still a lot of margin to retrain people as soon as a job becomes automated. In this pandemic, it is clear that the 60% increase in internet traffic has made billionaires even richer. Forbes counted 500 new billionaires during this corona pandemic. People are suffering, others are gaining. Which means this gap of people accumulating wealth that is actually for the benefit and the quality of life of someone else is becoming way, way worse. Without a society with skillful people, there is no hope for an evolving society where people only getting better and happier. This quality of life, double-edged sword, always has to be taken into account and this subject I would like to discuss with Steel Archer. He's an Australian reporter who in his free time um, created Dead Nation and started interviewing a lot of people uh, concerning a lot of things that are definitely going to be in our future. Steel Archer was so friendly to invite me to Dead Nation and um, is now working on Archer Report, where in a new format, a broader spectrum of topics about actuality and the future can be further explored and reported on. When we still died of old age, We can talk a lot about the valuta that we hold dearest, yet something to take into account is the balance in between economy and ecology. The nominizing of what we have and can spend uh, compared to our uh, ecological state can be an abused topic, can be used as an argument to have people live in poverty. About 13,000 races of animals have been lost over the last decades, if not millennia, because of humans, because of our ever-growing skills, uh, us being on top of the food chain and being in control of literally anything in our environment. It all started with a, uh, a piece of wood, uh, a branch attached to a rock uh, to start manipulating things more and, and, and chopping off some trees, I imagine to get us to a more economic state, uh, a more agricultural state, uh, things we will discuss in later episodes. Discussing the topic of economy and ecology is very interesting with Steel Archer. 
We also both share the opinion that Bitcoin, albeit be the first universal valuta, is not really a solution or an alternative to universal basic income. The mining of cryptocurrencies with a useless algorithm also leads to being put too high up on the Kardashev scale, uselessly. Our energy usage is way too high because of it, and that doesn't lead to natural resources being ecologically and economically managed. Let's hear what Steel Archer has to say about it. Bitcoin is uh, garbage. It's glow. It's trash. It's it's uh, it's proof of work. Which proof of work is environmentally destructive. Uh, you know, it's killing the environment uh, because it, it it consumes more and more energy to do something that's super simple. And that super simple task is just to move digital wealth around. Which which you know through uh, white papers on on uh, uh, on gold and e money essentially. They've been able to do it without proof of work. Depleting the global energy reserves and energy resources, uh, you know, because you can see why China adopted a lot of uh, <laughs> the Bitcoin mining issue because of the cheap labor, the cheap energy, um, the cheap manufacturing, the, the closeness of the, uh, the, uh, the dirty energy supply, etc. Yeah, so so China obviously is going to suck up a lot of that stuff, and, the, and a lot of this, you know, switching to geothermal and all this, it never happened, right? So, in terms of the global energy, proof of work is really, really bad, and it doesn't do that many, um, uh, you know, transfers uh, uh, per minute as uh, as really anything. I mean, Visa and everything is so much faster. Um, in terms of a global payment, a global payment uh, processing uh, uh, company and, and a technology, and there are other cryptocurrencies out there that are much more powerful as well. Does that mean that Bitcoin is a total disaster and that people shouldn't regard it? No, it means it was the first generation of a brand new type of technology, merging all these different um, technological advances in the. Um, e-commerce uh, sort of e-currency e space but essentially you know bitcoin is not what people think it is it's not a store of value it doesn't have any utility it doesn't have it you know this this it doesn't have any of the different components of money people don't you know people hoard hoard it for deflation reasons and stuff like that they think it's a hedge against you know collapsing fiat currencies or something but all of these are pretty much false uh we can go into those reasons why uh and they won't last in the face of emerging threats from within the cryptocurrency uh, ecosystem and emerging threats outside of the cryptocurrency ecosystem. And for those who like privacy and stuff, I mean, talking about Monero or, or some of these privacy coins, right? Much more powerful than Bitcoin. Bitcoin is, you know, creating this Orwellian world because you've shaken, you've woken the bear up, right? You've woken up the central banks and you've given them a reason to now uh, bring in an Orwellian system through CBDCs uh, because the people have asked for it and they've asked for it through Bitcoin and Bitcoin was a, um, um, you know, uh, had problems to begin with. It had fatal flaws in its in its system. So you've you've gone into a revolution with a knife fight against a machine gun, right? And this is what the people don't understand. And this is why they're rallying around a knife uh, against a machine gun. Uh, and this is why ultimately Bitcoin will fail. Uh, in saying, uh, there's still a long way to go.
in this in this uh, in this fight. I I don't th- I think we we'll still be talking about Bitcoin up until 2025. That's when all the CBDC stuff will work. But I think you're going to see expect a lot of fireworks in the in the near future concerning Bitcoin, simply because uh, you know Bitcoin uh, is uh, it's it's a threat to. Um, the, the, the global system as as we know it. When we still died of old age. As you know, the CIA has been able to, you know, create all these applications in order to track people's wallets and all that. Whether or not the CIA is the creator of Bitcoin or not, who cares? Um, people don't know who Satoshi Nakanoto is. It could be you, it could be me, it could be, uh, it could be anybody, it could be the CIA. I mean, they could have built all this stuff into it. Um, but you know, you're, they're waiting into, uh, into a, yeah, you're waiting into a revolution with a knife. Uh, versus machine gun and they're asking for sort of 1984 style control uh, because the people have proven that they don't know you know they don't know much about gold or silver or whatever and uh, they've picked uh, Bitcoin which you know has fatal flaws embedded into its networks so in terms of wealth redistribution uh, Bitcoin will usher in the age of wealth redistribution through the central banking system and CBDCs, UBI, all that sort of stuff. Because people can't be trusted with Bitcoin, uh, the the people are proving themselves to be untrustworthy. The CBC, uh, the, the central banks will create digital wallets and and basically cash that will expire. Um, you know, sort of have an expiry date on it. And that will be a cash that you use to go out, get food, get all the um, daily necessities that you have. UBI is, is essentially, a, I mean, it's multi-tiered because it'll depend on what country you're in, right? So the very wealthy will have all the assets, they will buy up everything, and the rest of the people will be um, stuck on UBI. Um, and it'll be very hard to escape after that point. Now, that's why a lot of people are rushing into Bitcoin and stuff, because this is we're coming down to the wire of the last sort of global wealth transfer. The tools for you to escape and quote unquote get escape velocity out of the UBI uh, will be, be much harder. Now, there is a there is a good movie about this, which we're sort of heading towards to. It's called In Time, right? Um, where it's not illegal to cross the borders, you know. Um, in, in that movie, it's obviously time, but just think about it as currency instead of time. So this is kind of what the world we're heading towards, uh, and, and thanks to Bitcoin and, and the people who embraced Bitcoin, uh, the sham known as Bitcoin, um, are now asking for this sort of world to be born. And some people will get lucky as they ride the Bitcoin wave up and, and escape. But most won't. Most will be left holding the bag. And that collapse will be the ushering in of the CBDCs, the digital dollars, the universal basic income, and all of that stuff. So we're going to have a new uh, version of uh, localization uh, while being digitally globalized. Thank you, Mr. Archer, for answering. Follow-up question still, if I can say still. What do you think about borders? 
do you think that their function as a separation tool uh, in between people and locations is going to increase or decrease now that we have something like Bitcoin, something like United Nations, NATO, um, G5 plus one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, how do you see it progress? What is your opinion as well? In terms of borders, I mean, sovereign governments will have control of their borders like they do today. So borders are very, you know, sort of interesting. In Europe there, you're a European, so you're used to European issues. But Europe is too small a player on the global level to try and go back to sort of nationalistic ways and close off borders and do all that sort of stuff. Um, obviously, excluding Russia, Belarus, maybe Ukraine and some others in Europe. Uh, you, and Turkey, obviously, you've got some issues there. Um, but these are normal issues, and these issues aren't going away. And once um, once proof of work uh, sort of stuff like Bitcoin goes away, you'll see more sovereign control over border issues. In North America, the border wall is not going away. The border wall debate is not going away. As the world, as more climate catastrophes, etc., um, spike up, uh, you'll probably see more uh, anti, uh, you know, more disruption on the border issue. You know, people saying that Trump is right to build the wall, people saying that the, you know, but there's going to be more and more people flooding over as uh, from the, from the, uh, from Africa and South America, etc., who are escaping climate issues, poverty, disease issues, all sorts of issues. Um, so you're going to see a lot more issues in North America concerning the wall. Obviously, it was a huge issue during the 2016, 2015, 2016 presidential election, and it will continue to be a huge issue going on and on and on. The United States obviously wants to have, uh, you know, its borders open internally, uh, but because of federalism, yeah, that can make it. That can make things also awkward. We've seen that here in Australia too, down here in the Asia Pacific region. You know, we've closed off our borders completely because of the pandemic and stuff, and we've also had internal border issues. It's it's becoming harder um, to just do normal travel and stuff. I mean, the world the world of cheap flights is ending. Uh, moving around the globe, all that it's all localizing. Everything's localizing now. We've the end of the Pax Americana has come. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, we're going into a more, more localized world as, a part, as opposed to a globalized world. Again, digitally globalized, right? So people are going to be more connected than ever before digitally. But in the real world, in the real world space, uh, yeah, we're going to get more and more localized. And this is, you know, this whole thing is uh, becoming acclimating us to that. That doesn't mean that people from poorest societies won't be wanting to escape their conditions but this also means that that people in richer societies will lose interest in these issues as well as a third question still if you can choose would you live in a high density area with infinite forests around or rather have everyone spread out in the forest and have their own property doing whatever the fuck with it i mean yeah forested area is much better than an urbanized area but it also depends on who you are where, what your time and space is and what you're doing in these locations but with digitalization um you know and the green uh, greening of the earth uh, policies coming in the environment policies essentially we want more and more uh, uh green options you know so the city space should become greener anyway
we still died of old age. Uh, thank you so much, Steel Archer, for answering uh, these questions about Valuta, uh, the wealth redistribution and the role that Bitcoin plays in getting us uh, in a sense uh, towards disruption in a bad way um, hoping that it leads to uh, yeah beneficial solutions for as many people as possible to end this uh, episode of the podcast I would like to ask you what you think are solutions towards a more global earth a more global world where equity and equality are more priority for uh, as many people as possible uh currency in terms of cbdc's are a way to uh globalize the world in terms of equality and equity because people will it's it's kind of like the socialist thing i mean in in social like in socialist countries people are usually pretty equitable like they have a lot of equality legislated equality at least and they have a lot of equity in terms of money because they're all given the same amount of money the the deficit there is opportunity right the, the problem is robots as we know right because robots are taking away a lot of the menial work uh so what do you do with the people and you have no more menial work to do if you don't have bread and circuses to entertain the masses i.e ubi and limitless entertainment uh, which is coming into digital form, MMORPGs, Netflix, all the other things. If you can't, if you can't entertain the population, you set yourself up for riots and disillusionment as a, as a national um, entity. This is what the whole of detonation. You know, all these people came on warning about the the technological apocalypse in terms of robots and AI. And all of these uh, types of futuristic things sort of taking over. So the only the only way up and out of these uh, things are either really high functioning jobs uh, such as computer science, you know, e ethics stuff, life sciences, and all this. But even a lot of white collar jobs are going to disappear too. So you've got this job apocalypse coming. Um, and governments just just have no idea what to do with that. Equality is the way to maintain a stable government in terms of give people money to spend, watch TV, do all that sort of stuff. Borders will maintain a problem. The, the southern border in the United States. Uh, here in Australia, we'll have issues with uh, uh, war, poverty, disease, famine, etc. Very large area of the world, very highly populated area of the world, a lot can go wrong very quickly. Depopulation is coming to uh, lots of the first world anyway. Plenty of people are still saying that they need, you need lots of immigrants and high-skilled workers and stuff to, to take jobs and stuff. But it's going to be awkward because the same time the job of politics is happening, it's the same time that the depopulation is happening. It, it, you can see it already unfolding in Japan, and it ends up in just stagflation. Um, Japan is uh, a model of the world, and, and they're very strict um, in terms of cultural, um, you know, in, in lots of ways. Japan as a reference to our Western world, where a bread costs 10 times less than here in Europe, for example. 
you listened to Steel Archer live from Melbourne, Australia, where he took time out of his precious schedule uh, in between university and his own reporting work to uh, answer some questions for uh, our podcast, When We Still Died of Old Age. This second episode of the podcast discussed wealth redistribution. The takeaways from the interview are that the robot apocalypse will both lead to less jobs required as well as less jobs that we as humans feel that they are tailored to what we like uh, or are skilled to do. In the coming episodes, we will discuss other topics that are really linked to the quality of life of as many people as possible. Peace enforcement, automation, inequality, access to information, our multiplanetary civilization, at least soon, human improvement, but also spirituality will all come later in this show. This was it for this episode. If you have questions, comments, if you are an expert or have something to share about uh, the future and bring it faster to today you're more than welcome to reach out that's possible through our artist network of frenzypenguin.media so if you go to www.frenzypenguin.media you can find ways to reach out if you would like to do so have a great day When We Still Died of Old Age. A new episode every other week on Wednesday.